Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f we want. Folks, today we have Casey Rice in the pod. Casey is an amazingly talented, multifaceted individual. I think most people will probably know her from her content through social media, through dance, through acting and things like that. And we get into a lot of how she kind of came up in that. I think in this episode, outside of just her talents, um, I love her mentality. I love how she is present with herself. She talks a little bit about her bouts with certain um, struggles with mental health and things like that. And she talks about her new recent podcast where she um, approaches a lot of these topics. And what I got a lot from this episode was just how well balanced she is as a person and how she's able to sort of detach herself from the work and and her personal health balance. I think that was something that really came through in this episode. And I just really loved her perspective on how she's able to know how to take care of herself well. And she talks about her being a little bit introverted and things like that. But um, yeah, I just was getting a lot of this sense of like this self-awareness and her ability to balance life. Yeah, I mean, what a what a sweetheart she is she genuinely always just makes you smile makes you happy just being in the same room with her radiance is just phenomenal but you know what's really cool is uh again we've been in this dance game for a minute you know what i mean we've seen some of the tides turn from generation to generation she is a heavy mover and shaker of this current generation doing all the amazing things on the greatest stages and stuff so to get a chance to just sit down one-on-one and just chat with her about what that's like especially you know in her time and her age and her generation you know from things like homeschooling to early fame to any of the anxiety that might come from that and like we're just where we're at in life with social media and the technology afforded to people it's like it gives even us a really really powerful and interesting and realistic insight of like where the current world is at and how people cope with things so just having her articulate a mature voice being able to express some of these things and communicate some of these themes of life it is honestly eye-opening even for us to sit here and speak with, especially coming from the dance world. So mm-hmm. everybody sit back, relax, and enjoy. We've got an amazing human being to share with y'all and can't wait for you to hear this pod. Folks, welcome back or welcome to Kinja's Movement in the Shadows. We are your host, Ben. And Anthony. And we have... An amazing guest in the pod today. We have dancer, choreographer, actor, and entrepreneur. She's been on some of the world's biggest stages, such as the Super Bowl, the Academy Awards, and NBC's World of Dance. She's worked with artists such as Justin Bieber, Katy Perry, Missy Elliott, Pharrell Williams, just to name a few. She was the lead in Disney's short film, How to Catch a Ghost. And she's building businesses and products such as her apparel brand Weirdo and hair product Evo Love. And you could really get to know her on her new podcast, Just Being We. We have the amazing Casey Rice in the pod. <laughs> What's up, Casey? We missed the we missed the star of the Just Dance game, but you know oh. we will touch on that. Oh, later. I Let's talk about you it. My entire bio. <laughs> I, it's up there, so you know that's where I got to pull from. 
<laughs> but great. uh yeah casey thank you so much for coming through and hanging out with us thank you for having me as we always do with our first time guests we like to get to know the person through their origin story so if you can kind of give us the origins of and Casey. as much drama as possible yes, you know tearjerkers and just like yes. the the hardships well i mean i've been dancing ever since i was five years old did taekwondo before that absolutely <sighs> hated us. it We're, okay never mind then i'm not gonna relate <laughs> on that one <laughs> but now i like appreciate it i wish i did it longer but my mom just kind of threw me in a dance class just for fun and I just fell in love with it. I was a shy kid, and so she was kind of scared that I would kind of freak out when I was on stage. But whenever I performed, I just like morphed into this persona, and I just fell in love with it from a really young age. And then when I was around 10 years old, Katy Perry had retweeted my work solo, and that's when my solo went viral, and it was when, like, a million views overnight was such a big deal. Mm, so mm -hmm. I was kind of thrust into this whole other world of the industry doing interviews. And that's kind of how I met a lot of choreographers and through classes and, and everything. Also, that's crazy because 10 years ago, a million views overnight is crazy. I yeah. still feel like that's crazy today. Is it is crazy today, <laughs> but now it's like 50 million views overnight. It's yeah. like the same. It's like everything's proportional. Okay, but it was such it. a big deal, especially for dance as well. Because like yeah. that wasn't yeah. a big yeah. thing. And being 10, I had no idea what was going on or even a clue what YouTube was. So I was just kind of going on with my day-to-day -day and just being a kid still. And my parents kind of shielding me from any sort of online hate because there was a lot that right. came with that, especially being so young. But then I just kept dancing through classes, meeting choreographers and getting opportunities to work on such incredible, huge projects with artists and everything. And that's just kind of where I started to grow myself through dance, but also social media and where my brand came from, Weirdo. Mm -hmm. And it was just something organically that happened for me just being myself and it creating this positive impact on people who were following me as well. So mm. uh, creating it into something bigger that when people wear it, they can just feel like they can be themselves. Yeah. And that's just kind of where that came from. Where did the, the name Weirdo come from? Yeah, like, you, do you think why, you're weird? Why do you identify <laughs> with that? Weirdo came from when I was younger, I would always do the weirdest things and my parents would just call me like their little weirdo. Elaborate, um, like what are weird things? Like I just, being at competition, you know, for awards, like everyone's tired, they're just sitting on stage. I would like get up and completely make a fool of myself and just like bad dance in like polka dot pants, this bright neon yellow jacket. And then when awards came, <laughs> I won. And then I would be wearing this outfit and everyone else is like standing up there with perfect posture in fifth position. And I'm just like chilling in this <laughs> weird yeah. outfit. Yeah, it was just kind of like I always stayed true to who I was. And so my parents would always just call me their little weirdo. And my mom ended up making me like this beanie that has like little ears and i would wear it all the time and people would be like where'd you get that beanie and that's kind of like where we were like oh mm. we could create this into something where other people could have it as well that's precious yeah that's awesome <laughs> were you always into like clothes and stuff or was that just something that just kind of popped up it was something that just kind of popped up because 
for me, like clothing is all about comfortability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a lot of just like hoodies, sweatshirts, sweatpants, beanies, like anything that just makes you feel comfortable. And that's also very universal in effect. So it's not just targeted towards one gender. And it could just be for anybody who mm. just wants to wear something comfortable. Were you homeschooled or did you go to like public school? I only went to public elementary school. Okay. And then halfway through sixth grade, I went online and then tested out in 10th grade. So I wait, wait, halfway through sixth grade, you started taking online classes for school. Yeah, I went online and kind of was like teaching myself in a sense, like I had teachers online that I would communicate with, but I never met any of them in person. I didn't even know um, you could do that. Yeah, there's so many different <laughs> It's a different generation, now. man. Yeah. It's wow. a different okay. time. Okay. Yeah, and so, but it was like really difficult, like making that transition because you really have to be mentally motivated to do online school. Yeah, I can um, imagine. But I always like, made sure I had good grades. Like I was a straight A student and that was really important to me in effect. I remember even one time I I got one B and I completely freaked out. And my parents were like, don't even like worry about it. And I was like, no, I have to get A's. Like I was always super hard what on myself. What a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> what know? prompted that decision to like test out of the public school system in sixth grade? Well, when I went online, It was more because I was working at the time, so I kept having to miss school. And although, like, I was keeping my grades up and stuff, the state started coming down on us because I was missing, I think I missed that year maybe 30 days out of the school year in the first half of the year. But every time that I would work, like, we would bring in the permission slip to, like, the office to send out to say, hey, I was working. But I don't think they actually sent it out. So they thought I was just skipping school. The heck? Um, hmm. So then at the time, we we're like, you know, maybe I'll go online because it will work better. Like, so I don't have to miss as much. And were you getting like just... judgmental eyes that people look at you like, this is child labor. What's she doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why is she working more than me right now? Yeah, definitely. Or sometimes like there was like one time for my birthday, I skipped school because I was going to Disneyland. But <laughs> Nice, which is a normal thing to do. Yeah. What about, okay, so this is just a genuine question because like there's times where I, I agree, I'm like skeptical of like the public school education system, the way things happen. But I always have this like fallback where I'm like, at the end of the day, I would still probably enroll a child in like public school because of things like the social interaction and just yeah. being like a part of like, group projects or like even the moments where like maybe I got bullied as a kid like taught Mm -hmm. me certain things about social dynamics and the reality of regular world and stuff like that do you feel like you maybe missed out on certain things I feel like my sort of sense of social interaction came from working so much but I definitely missed out on being a kid and so I feel like I didn't actually get to live life in a sense until I got a little bit older and I realized oh I never even like went out just for fun to hang out with my friends. It was always like I saw my friends in class or I saw my friends at work, like in the industry. So I never really had like that balance of just going out to get lunch with people or something. That's kind of like what made me so introverted as a kid and like very shy is because I didn't have many experiences to go out and actually meet people and Mm -hmm. like be a part of like group situations. And also I worked with people who were older than me a lot of the time. So yeah, I still do, (laughs) you know, 
But now I, I kind of feel a little bit more comfortable in my skin. So I do wish I had another outlet outside of dance that I could have met people through, but also just very grateful for everything that I was able to go through. And obviously it made me the person I am today. I just, I get baffled by it because like just the idea of being so successful at such a young age and then being thrown into an entire professional industrial world to a point where you don't have an entire type of experience that the general populace yeah. of your age range has. I'm so like curious, like what is life like, you know what I mean, yeah. for you? I mean, I also have older siblings, so I feel like a lot of their high school experience i kind of lived through their eyes oh that's gotta got be helpful that. yeah but then also some of their experiences i'm like you know maybe i'm glad i didn't go to high school 100%. in a sense because sometimes there's like influences there but yeah i mean like i don't know what a typical like normal life feels mm. like or looks like and this is normal to me but but I mean, yeah. you're a weirdo, so I guess it all works out. <laughs> yeah. You recently put out a podcast, yeah. right? And and you talk a lot about things like mental health. And mm -hmm. I was watching your first episode and um, you were talking about how difficult it was for you to even put that episode out there. You said you kind of had a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. and things like that. But you talking vulnerably and honestly about yourself and things that you struggle with and things like that. Can you talk a little bit about how you were inspired to go that route? It took me a while to be comfortable in doing something like that. It was years that I had that thought in mind of doing a podcast or doing something more on the talking side of things because for me, dance is my way of communicating with people and movement definitely helps me be able to express myself and what I'm feeling. And that's how I'm able to connect with other people. But I had gone through a lot as a kid and the only form or outlet that I had was dance. So it was really important for me to take my time with things before I was able to actually speak on things, especially with something like mental health. It's such a touchy topic and although it's like a lot more openly talked about now I still didn't want to like say anything or like do anything without knowing myself first because mental health comes in so many different forms and like you don't always see it and it's very difficult to talk about mm -hmm. and I think that's like where a lot of my internal anxiety came from was that I was putting this pressure on myself like I have to say things right I have to do this right but I just had to feel comfortable enough in my story and express that to other people because you never know who it could help as well mm -hmm. so this year I just had a different mindset of like I want to do things that are uncomfortable to me because that's the only way that anybody is able to grow is when you do For things sure. that are uncomfortable. Yeah. And so talking, although I'm very good at it when I'm like around people that I know, mm -hmm. it's still something that's scary, especially talking about things that I've gone through, such as anxiety. And I even went through like a moment of depression and I had an eating disorder. And that was something that I knew I wanted to talk about, but it took me a while to actually feel good in myself to where I wouldn't break down talking about it. Because even 
as near as last year, anytime I would like bring it up, I would get emotional and I mm. wouldn't be able to actually talk without crying. So when the end of last year kind of came around and this year, it was finally the first time that like I felt like myself again. I didn't realize how much I, I lost myself until like I refound myself and I found genuine happiness. Mm. Every day it's not linear. So like, you know, you still have your bad days, but that's just being a human, but I actually feel like myself again. So it was really important that I was able to just share my story, whether it would even speak to one person. That's all that I really cared about. And it was also a great healing process for me to put that out there because now I feel like I can move on. Totally. Yeah. A lot of times we learn what's going on by telling somebody and kind of bouncing whatever's going on in here off of somebody else. Mm -hmm. Do you have that, like somebody that you talk to about these types of things? I feel like I don't have one specific person. My family obviously was there with me throughout the entire thing. And I talk to my mom every day as well. And like, she's really helped me just kind of process those emotions. But I feel like as I got older, I really started opening myself up to other people to have deeper conversations because a lot of times I feel like through day to day, it's always like surface level conversations that you have with people, but you're not actually able to get to know someone unless you actually sit down yeah. and talk. And, and invite them to a podcast. Yeah, invite them to a podcast like <laughs> yeah. this, you know, or do Coachella or something. There you go. That's also therapy but, uh, in a different way. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I, as I got older, I was able to process my emotions and really be able to articulate them in a sort of sense. And I love getting that out of other people as well and hearing their stories. And it's very healing just to have a conversation outside of surface level, I guess. Sure. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's amazing to hear because you look very healthy and happy. But yeah. I'm, I'm curious, how much do you feel like things like your anxiety like you mentioned, how much of that was correlated with maybe early fame and success at a young age? I feel like I've just always been a people pleaser in a sense, but it wasn't anything that like was put on me from other people. It was just me, myself, and like I always felt like I I had to exceed my own expectations in order to be like accepted by other people. When I was younger, I didn't quite understand the amount of people that were watching me and I still think to this day like it's still mind-boggling when you see the amount of followers or views or anything it's quite crazy because if there was that many people in a room I don't know what I would do (laughs) um seeing that but I think it was something that was gradual so it wasn't like it hit me at a specific time it was just probably something that built up over the years and then especially being in those teenager years when you're still trying to find yourself and like things are changing in your own life but you're constantly out there on social media it's hard to find that balance of like what you want to share and what you don't want to share and I always felt like I had to be this happy person for Mm -hmm. everybody and I always had to be this positive person and I couldn't show like me being like weak or vulnerable or anything yeah and like I would always show like 
bits and pieces, but it was never like the entire story. Which probably actually made it snowball into even more pressure over yes. time, right? Because once you can't be a little bit honest, then you got to hold up this kind of, not facade, you know what I mean? Yeah. But just that image, right? Yeah. And like that was the whole thing is like I didn't want it to seem like I was putting on a facade because like, yeah, I was, I was still like happy and positive, but like the times that I wasn't, I didn't want to put on a facade. So I like kind of shied away from like social media in a little bit, but definitely when I was going through my eating disorder, it was difficult for me to like put things online because there would be like those comments that would start to comment on like my appearance or how I was looking and that can be really damaging especially being 16 years old and everything but when it first started happening I didn't even realize it myself it was something that wasn't intentional but it happened in such a short amount of time like within a month span like I dropped a significant amount of weight and um, that's when my was family it like got anorexia it. bulimia like what it was headed towards anorexia but what I had was more on the course of orthorexia which is like the fixation of having to eat only healthy foods oh. so I was afraid of food at one point oh, which damn. like looking back it's it's crazy to me like because i would never think like i would go through something like that and it it still affects you like to this day it never quite goes away but you just kind of learn how to cope with it it's so crazy i remember like even a time before i went to a class my parents tried to get me like a bowl of oatmeal and i just like would freak out so it was it was a really difficult process to recover from that because again i was so prominently on social media and nobody knew what was happening so in my head i was like well now like people are gonna start commenting how i look how i'm changing and no one knows what's going on behind the scenes and so it was like a really difficult thing for me mentally which kind of like submerged me into that state of anxiety and depression because i felt like i couldn't speak my whole truth because i was too afraid to how did you find your way out of that it was a long thing. Like I said, I think it it even affected me in a negative way until last year. I think just really relying on family and opening up to to my close friends and my close circle, people who I trusted. I really only spoke about it to very few people, but the moment I did, I feel like a weight was lifted off my shoulder and I was finally like, able to accept it because for the longest time I was in denial of it that was kind of the first time that I started opening up to people on a more vulnerable level and where I got more of my emotional maturity from was from that experience so I guess in a sense like that's kind of like my high school experience of life and opening up to people and being able to share that with other people yeah I don't know it just It took me a long time to recover, and then obviously I had it in 2019, and then it carried on until 2020, and then COVID hit, and then that was another battle, and I'm sure a lot of people like went through a lot of mental health 
issues and depression and other sorts of things because you're just alone with your thoughts. So not being able to be around people definitely extended the the process of recovery. But and the world got really angry online. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it got really yes. toxic. Yeah. That was kind of like when I took more not a break from social media, but definitely stop looking so much at comments because i would always look at comments but that year i definitely like had to take myself back into reality a little mm -hmm. bit more and less on social media because it's so easy for anybody to comment anything it's like literally a tap away there were times like where comments would really get to me although like i would try really hard for it not to you can't help but it like affect you in some way. For sure, yeah. Yeah, so that could be also extremely damaging. I mean, I think social media. Well, one, it's it's a great tool, right? And yes. it's it's a way for people to get their art out there, get their voice out there. So for the people who look up to you and who are inspired by the things that you do, what would you say to somebody who wants to sort of kind of follow that path? My main advice is to truly just to be yourself and never lose who you are because it's so easy to lose yourself in social media and online. And especially nowadays, it's so big and it's evolved so much as well. And I have a lot of respect for it. And I think me taking a step back, it allowed me to see more of the good because when you're stuck in something for so long, you you kind of get in this habit and it's like this downward spiral. But when you actually take a second to look at it from the outside, you learn to appreciate it more. And now I appreciate it so much and I use it as, like you said, like a tool for me to be able to share my art, share my craft and share who I am and just have fun with it. So I think for people who want to like follow in my footsteps or who just want to put themselves out there on social media, it's really just being authentic to yourself and staying in your reality and being grounded with people that you trust and not letting it consume you because it's super easy to be consumed in that world, but you can use it for good. And I think that's something to remember is like, it doesn't always have to be a job. It doesn't have to be so serious. It just has to be you. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Mm. What do you do to decompress for fun, to just kind of like let yourself not worry about work or any of that stuff? Honestly, I'm such a big like movie person. So like, give me a couch, give me a TV. I'll watch movies. Do you have a favorite movie? Oh, that's so tough. I'll give like a couple. So I love Marvel. I love Harry Potter. But I think always a classic is the OG SpongeBob movie. 
I can recite Whoa. the first like okay. twenty minutes of the he movie. He said, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. Just makes that's an Oscar winner right there. School of Rock. School of Rock is always School of Rock with Jack Black. Let's go. We just watched it last night too. Nice. So, yeah. Love that one. We've obviously been in rehearsals for mm -hmm. Coachella. It's been crazy, especially for me. You know, like myself, Ving, Bam, Carlo, we're all in, in this Jackson Coachella show. Sean Luz choreographing and directing creatively and stuff and then alongside us we've got casey audrey mac you know and so we're sitting there and i remember my first experience like looking at this lineup too and be like all right dude i'm the oldest cat in this room right now <laughs> straight up you know what i mean my turn to 37 this year and i'm like gonna be dancing next to like 19 20 year olds and stuff like that so i'm like oh smoke one i gotta warm up twice as long stretch twice as long just to hang on y'all's talent pickup level is so fast so amazing but i'm also, just the way that you, you've all just been in the game and for how long you're talking about, you, you started dancing at five. Mm -hmm. I started dancing at 18, you know what I mean? So just yeah. things just feel like a totally different scale. But it's also so inspiring to come in and just be mad humbled by how phenomenal all of you are and stuff like that. But how have Coachella rehearsals been for you? How's it been? Like, what's it like getting down with a, a bunch of losers like us? You know what I mean? <laughs> all that goodness. Honestly, this has been so much fun so far of what we've been doing and you know how like sometimes when you're around people like your social battery kind of gets drained like i feel like that doesn't happen to me and like it makes me excited every day to come into rehearsal and i'm not tired or anything which is so crazy because of the amount of work that we're doing but it just it seems like we're able to build like this bond in this family so far and i'm just really excited because Doing dance shops and performance shops especially are super fun for me because I love just being on stage and especially when you're around such incredible people and dancers. I'm so inspired by everybody and obviously working with you guys, like it's been so inspiring for me to see how you guys work as well and being able to learn from you and just coming into rehearsals every day, I'm like, oh God, I have to pull up because I want to like make sure I'm keeping up with everybody. But it's been a blast and I'm so grateful that I'm able to do this and share this experience with everyone. And everyone on this specific cast is so great, like inside and out, like great humans and even outside of rehearsals. It's, it's been fun. This is amazing. We, yeah. I call her union rep. She's the one who's just she has all the counts, has all the answers, knows knows the pace of the room. It's 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 really inspiring. Yeah. yeah, one B. Don't forget the one B. We got Kenji's podcast. We got to keep the vulnerability yeah, yeah, yeah. that day. You made reality. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's one B. You know. I, I was flirting with C's and D's a couple. Of times. I, I was right <laughs> up in that category, bro. Yeah, but, no, that that is amazing though. It's it's dope that you know things can be full circle and inspiration um, from completely different perspectives, let alone generations. But yeah, it's it's really fun. And uh, you've always been, and I don't want to put this anxiety or pressure on you to always stay this, but you've always been like very happy, very good energy, always positive and stuff like that, and always just made people feel comfortable and stuff. So it's powerful to hear you talk about, you know, things like the anxiety, depression, or eating disorder that you've had to go through and stuff, or, or even feeling alone at different times when you've been a a light for other people. 
constantly, right? Like the, it, even people not just that follow you on the grams or whatnot, but like <laughs> in in the actual dance community in the industry, like genuinely, like even people like myself, I, I find light and inspiration from watching you do what you do. The, the development, the growth, the the actual talent that you have, you know, it is really powerful. So it's. It's just, I guess, a crazy reminder to anybody who listens to anybody who watches this stuff that, like, regardless of how powerful those, you know, idols, those lights, those role models, those heroes can be, like, there's always, you know, two sides of a coin, and mm -hmm. and things can be out of context, difficult, and people can be going through really, really tremendously, you know, harsh things in their reality and mm -hmm. stuff. So, I guess, thank you for always showing me something bright and positive, and just as much as I thank you for sharing. Some of the darkness, you know what I mean. Some of the hard times. Now it's really incredible. Thank you. I appreciate that because sometimes I I forget that, and it really means a lot when people, especially like people that I look up to, like you, and to hear that from you, it means a lot to me. What do you do for like your self care? Do you meditate? Do you work out? Do you have any self care routine type things that you do? Honestly. No, I think like my form of self-care is hanging out with friends and just doing things spontaneously is <laughs> something that like mm -hmm. I've been trying to do a lot more is like not having to plan something or have something planned to do, but just doing things like, oh, let's do this today or let's go do this. I think for myself, maybe I do like yoga meditation's really hard for me i know it's like really good for you but really staying still okay. mm -hmm. yeah being uh, like staying still with my thoughts i don't know that i can do that yet but <laughs> um but i think another outlet for me is also journaling or just writing in general mm -hmm. because that's just another way that i'm able to articulate my thoughts and i think just any form of art is my version of self-care and sleep <laughs> it's Sleep's very important. important. Yes, yeah. Right, yeah. Do you have any current goal to pursue, whether it be podcasting or whether it be acting? Like, is there something, or do you just kind of all let it flow in organic fashion? Yeah, I feel like I try to let the world take me. <laughs> I know that sounds like very cheesy, but I don't know. I think in the future, I definitely. I have a big love for acting and I would love to be a part of like films and movies and stuff like that. And I've always wanted to like train for a role that's been a big goal of mine or be in a horror movie, like one of a the exorcist movie. people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. That's, that's <laughs> so unique. opposite ends of the spectrum, but. Well, she's very bendy. Yeah, you know I mean? back, she can do back stuff. Crazy Got stuff. It. Yeah, I like creeping people out. But <laughs> <laughs> um, writing a book is also something that I want to mm, do okay. in the future. And I think dance will always be a part of me. And I do that a lot for myself. And I love creating things for me that are able to connect with other people. But I think everything that I do connects in a way. And that's just creating forms of art based on my emotions or my life experiences or just specific messages that I want to portray to connect with other people. Do you have things like from a five-year or 10-point scale of ambition? Are, are there grander goals out there that you're like, I, I really hope to make it towards this thing? I think there's definitely going to be 
some specific goals that I want to set for myself for the future. But at the moment, I'm just kind of trying to live in the moment and in the present and not focus on the past of what I've done or worry about the future and just focus on now. But it's also good because then you don't have to worry about a time frame and you can work on these things organically. That's an incredibly mature understanding. <laughs> Thank really you. Good. It's yeah. really good. So with everything that you're doing, you're building things for yourself, you're building these sort of different projects, different products, and and yeah, you, you bought your own home and like you're on a trajectory that is definitely going somewhere in so many ways. You are already successful by a certain measure. How do you, in your own understanding of that word success, how do you define that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, success to me, it's not like accomplishing something and then that's it. I think it's constantly challenging yourself to grow to new heights and never settling for what someone believes you are. I think a lot of people, for anybody, have this specific expectation um, set for what someone is or who someone should be. But I love just proving people wrong and exceeding those expectations. And especially because I'm my biggest critic, I set these expectations for myself and I always want to top that. And I think that's the true measure of someone who is successful is not settling for anything less just because someone's telling you that's all you can do. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> well, Casey, we like to end our episodes with a lightning round. So okay. we are going to just throw some questions at you. I'm ready. Here we go. What is your favorite cartoon growing up? SpongeBob. <laughs> that makes sense. That Definitely. Makes sense. If you were a Marvel superhero, who would you be? Oh, um, I mean, a specific character that is in the Marvel universe right now, I think I would want to be Wanda. She gets a little She's cycle great. and kind of like kills everybody and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> Especially Multiverse of Madness. Like, I feel like I could have played that role. There's but... <laughs> the horror. There it is. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know what my superpower would be. Maybe something with the mind like mm, mind control or just reading that. people's makes minds sense. yeah i'm afraid of you <laughs> what is the last thing that you either watched read or listened to that you would recommend to people oh that would recommend i would say the one book that i did read that was very interesting to me was a stolen life by uh something with a J Dugard. And it was based on a true story and it was really powerful. And I remember getting like super emotional from it, but I would recommend that book. Stolen life. Great. Yeah. From least favorite to favorite, list the dance experiences that you participate in. So, so what I mean is like, whether it be like teaching dance, performing, mm. taking class, let's say choreographing, mm -hmm. you know, freestyling, like just whatever, whatever comes to mind. What are things that are your least favorite realm to like your favorite to do? Oh gosh. I don't think like anything's a least favorite, but I think like not as confident in, I would say freestyling still. And then taking class, choreographing, teaching, performing. Wow. So perform your most confident in performing yeah that's cool yeah that's cool also makes sense <laughs> what is your most memorable dance moment oh i think 
honestly, World of Dance. It was a great experience and lots of different emotions, but I feel like also as a person is like where I felt the most shift in growth for me as well. Uh, what is your proudest moment? I think my proudest moment was when I I bought my first house. I was proud because never in a million years would I have expected to be able to do that at 18 and still to this day like I'm very grateful and I take every day like day by day with it and it's taught me a lot about my own independence and being an adult and learning how to manage everything in life and it's really made me mature even more over the past couple of years of learning how to transition into that. So yeah, just being able to say, I did this myself. I'm very grateful for that. Can you list top three dance influences and also top three non-dance influences? Maybe I'll start with like non-dancers first. So my family, (laughs) which there's four outside of me because we all have like different interests, which I think is so cool and not one of us are alike. So we're able to share similarities in our differences and obviously like I'm super close with my family and I love them so much so they are definitely big inspirations especially being the youngest of it and seeing everyone kind of grow into their own success and I think as far as dance influences I really don't know I've never had like one specific person where I'm like oh dang like I'm inspired by them I think I've just been lucky enough to grow up in such a prominent time for the dance industry and been able to see how much it's grown and evolved and kind of be submerged in that myself. It's been really cool to watch myself grow through social media. I think that's something so powerful with social media is that you're able to see yourself grow. So when I watch videos back from years ago, I'm like, how was I considered good? (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, that was awful. But I'm like, okay, I could see potential. (laughs) That's good. good. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so the Kindreds, you get that, Chad? She said the (laughs) Kindreds. AKA the Kindreds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What, What is your favorite quality about yourself? About myself? I guess that I'm able to see the positives in things and also the balance in things. I'm never someone who is like one side or the other. I try to see things from both sides. And so I never make a judgment of people off of anything. And I'm very forgiving in that aspect. That's great. (laughs) What is your biggest fear? Ooh. I think my biggest fear is being alone. I do like being alone, like having my alone time, but I think like physically being alone, not having anybody to turn to or to talk to, I think that would be my biggest fear. Mm, I relate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a scaredy boy when it comes yeah. to that stuff. Hey, this might not be super lightning, but I, I am curious about this question. Um, you recently choreographed to uh, Give Me Love. Yes. Uh, but my boy Ed, <laughs> when I watch you dance it, I'm like, you're somewhere. Where are you? You know, it's so crazy when it comes to contemporary, especially, but like any type of dance or performance that I do. I really try to put myself in a different world almost. But like 
still in my reality. So everything that I do, it comes from a real place and I try to shut out everything. So I, I almost disassociate in a way where I'm not physically like in a studio dancing a choreography. I'm performing. I'm putting myself in my own shoes and trying to portray things in the most authentic way to me and not try to put on a facade or put on a character. So even like if it's some random character that I'm supposed to be like some possessed girl, like I still try to find the groundedness and the realness of something that I can pull from internally. And I think that's like why I love acting so much too is because I'm not trying to be someone else. I'm still trying to be me in this character. Yeah. You're very good at it. Thank you. It's very respectful. Thank you. I, I watched it to... and I was like, from my phone, I'm like, damn. <laughs> but it's not the moves that made me necessarily feel it was it was some energy that you you were really you were really there. And I was like, oh my God. I, maybe that's definitely not maybe. That's definitely why a lot of people I think gravitate towards and respect like how good you are at what you do. Thank you. For me, especially with choreographing my own things, I've never been the most confident in my choreography, but I believe everybody, when, when they teach, they have something to teach that's special to them. And I think for me, that's always just come from telling a story or portraying characters or portraying messages and and all of that so it's not necessarily like I'm always trying to think of the most difficult moves but I'm just trying to think of something that I know is true to me I love that I could learn from that so I think sometimes I hide behind some of my moves you know what I mean? because <laughs> it's, it's fun it's fun to put sequencing and stuff yeah, like that together but at I times. love that like it's so Cool, and I, I wish I could do that. I mean, I can learn from other people, and but I wish I could create something like that because it's so respectable, and I I wish that I had the brain power to, <laughs> to create something like that. Well, you got the heart, so we can, <laughs> we can run with that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're 80 years old, and you come back in time and give yourself some advice to yourself now. What would that advice be? Again, not to stress on little things. I I tend to like overthink a lot of things, but it's always like the smallest sort of senses. And I know they won't matter a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. So I think I would just say, stop stressing on the little things and just, again, keep living presently and don't take things for granted. That's really good I advice. I could use that advice. That's really good. <laughs> Bruce Lee has this famous quote. He says, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. So the idea of putting so much focused energy into a single thing, um, I believe everybody has the ability to master something. What is something that you feel like you've mastered? I feel like no one actually masters anything because there's always a way to to grow and keep evolving in that sort of sense. But I think something that I've been able to to see myself grow and know that like I'm confident in that is again being able to communicate with people. I feel like that's something that I've mastered is is listening to others. 
That's really good. That's really <laughs> good. Well, Casey, we just want to acknowledge you for um, just the amazing, well-rounded person that you are. I think you saying that, like you being able to listen, to communicate, I get that from this conversation with you. And I feel like you are a, a person who's very present with yourself, just even in the way that you express yourself through movement and then now with your voice and your thoughts by just letting yourself be honest and letting yourself be vulnerable and uncomfortable. And um, that ability that you have to challenge yourself. So just wanted to acknowledge that and thank you so much for coming in and, and, and having this conversation with us. Thank you. I really appreciate this. This was so fun. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got to echo that. You know, it's, it's always refreshing to meet somebody who is really, really good or successful at something, right? And obviously for your situations like dance, mm -hmm. seeing how amazingly profound your ability to express, to move, to perform, all that stuff. It's like at this like high, high level, higher than most straight <laughs> up. But for that to be matched with your intellect, with your ability to articulate like, you know, your journey and with how you choose to represent yourself, the maturity that you have with that, it's like you are truly an amazing human being. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it it's really nice to feel respected on a same level as somebody. And I'm very grateful to have these conversations and just like grow closer to people. And I already feel closer to you guys. So it, it means a lot to me. Well, how can people follow your journey? Plug, uh, you have a podcast out there. <laughs> if people want to stay up to date with what's going on in your world, how can people follow you? Ooh, the plugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's that time, the portion of the plugs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess through Instagram and TikTok at Casey Rice. That's K-A-Y-C-E-E. -E. Rice, like the grain. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and then I have my apparel, Weirdo Apparel. Got some curly hair cream called Eva Love. I might um, need to try that. Get my curls back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, and then just through YouTube and everything, I I have my podcast on there uh, called Just Being We, and just been doing a lot more teaching and creating videos and everything, and just being myself. Sick. <laughs> we love it. We love. It. We'll plug all that stuff in the the show notes, folks. Thank you for tuning in, watching, or listening to this episode. If you're finding us for the first time, we got a bunch more in the archive so make sure you go back and listen to those if you really like what we're doing like and subscribe share it on social media follow us at kinja's podcast cast with a k on all socials take a screenshot of you listening we love regramming all that stuff and we appreciate you guys stopping in and we'll catch you on the next one kinja bang y'all yeah boom